Well, wonderful. Good morning to you again on this great feast of all the saints. I am rather fond of this. Can you tell? I really like this feast day. Of course, then one could say I really like all the feast days, but really. All Saints has always had special meaning for me. Uh, from the time I was a little one, uh, I was kind of a, you know, out, off the norm. One could call me a geeky kid. And uh, I remember being eight years old and wanting for Christmas a copy of the Lives of the Saints. It was a little red book, gold print on the outside. Oh, I thought it was the best thing. And of course, I received this gift, which I loved because each day there was some saint with some amazing story about how they had lived their faith. And so I early on became a great fan for this feast day. And then Holy Mother Church threw me a curveball. Uh, you know, it used to be that on All Saints, we had always the same proverbs, the same uh, Old Testament lesson, New Testament lesson, gospel. Well, no longer we're on this lectionary, and it's now year B. What is Lazarus doing in the middle of All Saints? It became one of the uh, prevailing questions. It seems uh, a strange uh, gospel at first look, what is it about this gospel that the church felt it was appropriate for all saints? And it finally came to me, finally dawned on me, that really it's about hope. It's about the message that God is always with us in good times and in bad. We live in a very difficult time, to put it mildly. We have all endured a great deal in the past few years. And we're beginning to stick our nose up from the tent. But basically, we are the people who have held on to that wonderful gift of God's hope. Something in us calls us God's grace to hold on to hope. Martha and Mary, but he's already dead. And Jesus says, believe. And there will be new life. That's part of, I think, what all saints is about. To encourage us as believers to know that we have new life. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his people, we read this morning in Revelation. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And Jesus says, I'm making all things new. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. How is it that God is with us in our difficult times, making all things new? There's a story I really like from the, the Wisdom of the Desert Fathers and Mothers. I'm retelling this story. Uh, 
you know, when I did that thing that old people do, downsize, I gave away a lot of books. So I can't find the original source for this story, but trust me, it's real. It's it's a story from the my references, the wisdom of the desert fathers and mothers. So the story goes like this. In a remote location, there was once a thriving monastery. The monastery was known in times past as a place of hospitality and peace. Over time, the community became diminished due to age and illness, until finally three weary monks remained. They worried about the future of their community. Worry made them anxious and edgy. They tried to remain faithful to their routine of prayer and work, but this became increasingly difficult. One day, a visitor came to the monastery from quite a distance. The visitor stayed for a while as he regained strength for his journey. As always, the monks welcomed the visitor, but were concerned about his extended stay. As the visitor prepared to leave, he told each of the monks in a separate and private conversation that one of them, that a revelation in prayer, told him that one of them was the Messiah. Then he left as quietly as he arrived. The monks each wondered who among them was the Messiah. So each one began to treat the other with more love and respect, offering words of appreciation for the work being done by the other, offering to help with various tasks, making sure that all the community prayers were offered with reverence. Soon, people in the nearby community began to sense a difference, a new spirit in the monastery. They were drawn to visit and share what they had with the brothers. Men began to join the community and it once again flourished. All the while, the monks were wondering who among them was the Messiah. Finally, I think you've guessed by now, the elder monks understood that each one was indeed Christ to the other, leading us back to our scriptures, to understanding God's presence among us, unlimited he us. And we see with the eyes of our heart, and we know the hope to which God has called us. Our readings today underline God in our midst, the Holy One. It's clear to me that we are all called to be saints of God. The important fact to remember is that real saints are just sinners who never stop trying. Now that insight came to me in a most unusual way. You know, I'm Irish, so I'm fairly superstitious. Uh, and my dear sister, I, my youngest, one of my younger sisters, 
died prematurely, a terrible illness. And of course, we were very grief stricken. We were gathered as brothers and sisters for a meal, carrying Chinese. What else? No one else was cooking. So we got to our fortune cookies. I always liked fortune cookies. So I opened my fortune cookie. Inside the fortune cookie is this phrase Saints are just sinners who never stop trying. It was a great comfort to me at that moment because my sister, well, she was a great lady, but I'll tell you, it would be hard to decide whether she landed on the sinners or the saints side. But I know she never stopped trying. And I think that's what God calls us, to be a hopeful people, to never stop trying, and to allow that joy that we have because we are a hopeful people to be contagious, just like that wonderful spirit of that monastery to allow people to know that there is hope, that there is a God of love, and that we know this God is Alpha and Omega. God is with God's people. There's a wonderful church in San Francisco. Some of you know it, St. Gregory of Nyssa. And uh, it has two worship spaces that begin the worship in one place with reading of the word, reflection on the word, but then they move to the table fellowship, to the breaking of the bread. And as they move, they go into this space, which is a rotunda, basically. It's a round stu structure. And all around it, I have talked about this before, are images of saints. Christ is in the midst, and they're all dancing. They're all dancing. And they're not the usual suspects, either. You know, of course, St. Francis is there, Mother Teresa, others, but so is Malcolm X, so is Anne Frank, so is Margaret Mead, so is Einstein. Not the same likely suspects, right? Gandhi, I think, is up there. I hope he is. But they're the people who have reflected. God's glory, God's joy, God's endless hope, and we enter into that. And so as we worship today, my invitation to you all as all saints is to enter into the hope and the joy that is ours as we are called to be saints, saints of God. As the congregation we dance, well, we can't dance here, Although we could. I'll leave that for Beth, okay? <laughs> we'll return next week. So tell her you want to dance sometime. And proclaim the sweeping vision of God for all of us. So today is a great day, and we are blessed, each of us, to be saints of God. Amen. Oh,